Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. 11 minutes after 5 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Take this first opportunity to wish Debbie Lazica and all of you ladies out there happy International Women's Day. There you go, Deb. <laughs> she didn't hear me. All, all the dudes here in the studio, Deb, want to wish you this very special happy day. And she's not around. What do we have planned on that front today? Actually, interesting way to look at it. Uh, Marcus Performing Arts Center. I think they opened yesterday with Six, the musical. This is a musical about the six wives of former King Henry VIII. Oh, okay. And it is told from the wives' perspective. So it's a deeply girl power, women empowerment kind of performance. And they're kind of actually just, they sort of lucked into it in terms of the timing. Did the Marcus Center. They don't really get to pick which things come when necessarily in their um, in their Broadway season, but it's it's working out for them. Perfect. So I talked with somebody over there about uh, the musical itself and how they're tying that into uh, Women's History Month, and in particular today, International Women's Day. There you go. What else do you have planned? That's what that's what I brought, Eric. What do you have planned for this special day? <laughs> uh, maybe I'll make dinner for my wife. How about that? Okay, Is good. That yeah, sure. That's something. All right, good. Help out. <laughs> just this one day though <laughs> after that right we go back to yeah, i don't know i mean right. we might, don't have to after today right uh, what do we know about the snow it looks like a real deal on friday right it boy i, I mean, mean not like this is this is not you know a foot plus or anything like that but it looks but like a significant legit... snowfall right yeah talking about thursday night into friday mm-hmm. and then friday looks like it starts to dissipate around noon that's where we're at right now again as we've seen particularly this winter season it's early yet, as we say. So these are the Wednesday models. They'll get new models around noon. They'll get continue to get new modeling data. But right now, it was looking like maybe up to six inches in some parts here in southeast Wisconsin. So we'll keep an eye on the Storm Team forecast as well, get you the latest on that through the morning. And then, of course, the – boy, I almost, I almost called it the Brett Favre news. <laughs> it's basically it, what it is. Because it was the Brett Favre news, and now it's the Aaron Rodgers news. Oh, boy. How late did that meeting go, Brandon? I think they flew out roughly around midnight our time. So these so are about guys 11, for the Jets, Jets officials, like, coach. Like the whole front office, yeah. owner, <laughs> assistant coaches. Went out to have a have a sit-down with Aaron Rodgers. The New York Jets players are tweeting out at him. They, it seems like it's, just, it's all but final, really. So everyone's Crossing been asking T's. about the time. When are we going? So could we have a trade today? I don't know. I feel. I was just saying to Brandon. I'm like, even if they have an agreement in principle, Favre and the Jets, like, yes, we want Rogers, you. I want Rogers. And man, the Jets. I did it. Were you, were you working at TMJ four for the? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. For all of the well, for the many years of is this it? Is this it? Tracker yeah. watch all that. Then he retired. Then he unretired. Yeah, all that. Well, there was an interesting tweet that Rob Demosky had for ESPN yesterday. He tweeted out this is like earlier in the day, and he said that. The Packers gave them permission, but with that permission comes an agreeance on compensation. Okay. So there there has to be stuff laid out on the table, and the Jets are just going there to cross some T's, dot some I's, get, get the confirmation from Rodgers. Like, hey. I just feel like there got to be a lot of documents you got to write up and a lot of other things that have to happen before you actually have that. Even if they, if, if both sides walked away from that meeting like, yes, we want to do this, there's still a lot of other people in that conversation. Oh, T's sure. to be yeah. crossed, I's to be dotted. I'd be surprised if it's today. Now, oh, come on. 9 a.m. But I think it's soon. 9 a.m. <laughs> come on. 
by 15. Brandon does the sports next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The NBA's best team was back in action last night, this time with no Giannis and no Drew Holiday, and it turned out to be no problem for the Milwaukee Bucks. Inbound pass coming from Joe Ingles. He will get it to Grayson Allen. Allen crosses the timeline, passes it off to Ingles. Lob pass up top to Allen, who guides it through on the dunk. You don't usually draw it up that way. Ingles to Allen on the alley-oop. Dave Kane on the call right here on WTMJ as the Bucks defuse the Magic by a final score of 134-123 to to grab their 47th win on the season. Brooke Lopez, a.k.a. Splash Mountain, was feeling right at home in the land of Disney on Tuesday, leading the way for the Bucks with 26 points. Here's a pass to Portis. Portis sends it left of the lane to Lopez. Lopez draws another foul and lays it in off the window. Maybe not the best way of describing that. Shoots it in off the window. He was putting that shot up from about 10 feet away. After the game, head coach Mike Budenholzer on the offensive surge from his big man. We tend to talk about his defense so much, but offensively, he's just been really good, too. And it was great to get him going early. Um, you know, Chris finding him. Chris has a knack. And, um, you know, again, I think it just it got us off to a good start, got Brooke off to a good start. So, um, you know, it's good to see him scoring um, in a variety of ways. Lopez had a big night, as we mentioned, as did both Javon Carter and Chris Middleton each of them scoring 24 points. Next up for the Bucks is a home game against the Brooklyn Nets this Thursday. And over to the NFL, where quarterback watch is in full effect all around the league. According to ESPN, the New York Jets have conducted multiple meetings with Packers four-time MVP Aaron Rodgers on both Monday and Tuesday in regards to his playing future. Those meetings, well, they included the Jets' whole front office, owner Woody Johnson, head coach Robert Sala, and newly hired offensive coordinator and friend of Aaron Rodgers, Nathaniel Hackett flying out to California and spending the whole day with Rodgers on Tuesday conducting in-person meetings, and they reportedly flew back out to New York late on Tuesday night. What do all these meetings mean for the Packers, the Jets, and even Rodgers? That certainly indicates a strong chance that it's heading in the direction of him being traded to the Jets. Now, it doesn't mean it's automatic. Let's say he talks to the Jets, doesn't like what he hears, right? Decides to go back to Green Bay, decides to retire, wants to bring other teams into the mix. These are all things that are possible, but I think it's further along than some people realize, and if you just look at the calendar, it was this day last year, the Tuesday before free agency week, that Rodgers announced he was staying with Green Bay. They did that new contract. So this is the time when this stuff happens. It wouldn't surprise me to see a resolution on this at some point this week. ESPN insider Dan Graziano, who's been covering the story from the start here, uh, with some thoughts there uh, regarding Aaron Rodgers. There is no indication any trade is imminent at this time as the new league year begins on March 15th. And one last quick note here, staying in New York, the Giants have agreed to a four-year, $160 million deal with their quarterback, Daniel Jones. Coming up, an old story with a new twist. Signing Unlimited, WTMJ News Time 519. Now playing through the weekend is Six the Musical, the story of the six wives of Britain's King Henry VIII. Listen up, let me tell you a story, a story that you think you've heard before. No, you know our names and our fame and our faces. Know all about the glories and the disgraces. I'm done, cause all this time... <laughs> yeah, 
as you heard the lady say, the story has been told before. Throughout history only, this time it is written and performed from a very different point of view. It reclaims the history of the women telling the story from their perspective. The wives each take a stage in a performance that is sort of part conference, uh, concert and part history lesson. Each wife gets to tell their own story. It's been described as sort of the ultimate girl power musical. <laughs> well, and kind of like it has a sort of Hamilton feel to it, to me in the previews yeah. that I've seen just because of the diversity of the cast as well. Absolutely. It's a very uh, modern feel to the show. Very high energy and should be a really exciting and empowering experience. So that's Six the Musical. Katie Dillo, who I'm speaking with here, the Marcus Performing Arts Center, Vice President of Finance and Administration. And she actually wanted to talk more also about this Women's History Month in whole and about what they're doing to promote and empower women, starting with the types of things you're seeing on stage. We're committed to presenting productions that star artists and feature stories that reflect the diverse community that we live in. Certainly we see this with Six which has really, we are nearly sold out for the week-long run. And I think that popularity really demonstrates um, that there's a strong desire from audiences to see women on stage and to hear their stories. Um, Six is a show that uh, was written and directed by women. We also later in the season in May have Hades Town, um, which was also written and directed by women. So beyond even that, even more people involved in the productions themselves. Marcus Center for the Performing Arts pushing representation on its board in its other positions. And again, other than just what we're seeing on stage. We have, um, in particular, I can highlight our strong, uh, rep- diverse representation across our organization. Um, both racial diversity as well as female representation across the team. To date, Marcus Center has a staff that is 53% women, women who are filling 35% of our leadership positions, and a board of directors that is 53% women. I think having that uh, diversity across our staff and in leadership positions is really essential uh, to seeing that diversity uh, come through on the stage. So that again, Katie Dillow with Marcus Performing Arts Center. The show is Six the Musical. Deb, you there? I am. Have you seen it? I have not, but I want to. That one and Hades Town, I want to see. So, am I right in my assessment? Just, uh, and I haven't seen it either, but I've read about it and I've seen some of the clips and things. It, it, it definitely has a Hamilton feel to it. It does. It does feel like. And as a matter of fact, I thought I recognized some of the voices that might have been on those in that soundtrack there, that piece that you wrote or you played. So, I don't know. It kind of sounded like Angelica. So, I don't know. I can totally see it, though, 100%. Yeah, I, th- I think it'd be a fascinating look, and that runs through the weekend at the Marcus Performing Arts Center. Tickets available at, well, if they are still available, at marcuscenter.org on this International Women's Day. 526 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Everybody knows that we Forty-one of Wisconsin's morning news. We made it to Wednesday at midweek here, and I'm just going to take a quick moment to talk about the state legislature's joint committee on finance public hearings on the state budget. <laughs> okay, don't turn it off. Don't turn off the show. Boring. <laughs> no, like no, this is this is good <laughs> stuff. You almost fought me on this a little bit, didn't you? 
Well, like, I promise. I just have one point I want to make. That's it. I please. I, li- look. Also, no one would accuse us of not having enough fun here. This is, you're right. right. Okay. No, you're right. It's okay. So I like to do that as much yeah. as the next guy, more than the next guy, and I am the next guy. But once in a while, there's a piece of there's a piece of information that stands out to me that I want okay. to share. Right. You know, I'm proud citizen. A little bit wonky about sure, state government. I, I and various appreciate things. People that. want to participate in the process. Yeah. So the state budget process is underway, and state lawmakers and the governor are working on the two-year spending plan for Wisconsin. And you are invited to participate in the process. How so? I talked uh, with Senate Majority Leader Devin Lemahieu. In fact, he played some of our interview in the news. Republican Oostberg this week about how the process plays out. And what it is is the Joint Committee on Finance is made up of both Republicans and Democrats from the Assembly and the Senate. And they basically, they're the workhorses here who hammer out details of the budget. And part of the process is these hearings. What you're going to see in March here is state agencies come before the committee. And so that's like, DNR guy comes in there and says, well, this is why we asked for this, that, and the other in the budget. Health services comes in, same thing. So the state agencies come and make their case for the funding that they think they deserve. And then they have the public hearings, which start in April, and they Mm -hmm. take the show on the road. Four of these in all four corners of the state beginning in April. The one here locally is going to be at the Waukesha Expo Center. And these are like eight, nine-hour ordeals where anybody can come and voice their opinions on the state and budget. point their finger. And, you guys need to do this. <laughs> right, yes. So my question that I put to Senator Lemahieu was, do you actually listen to any of these people? You know, Senator, people are cynical on government. I'm sure you don't need me to, t- to tell you that. <laughs> but I'm sure there are a lot of folks who would be listening right now who say they don't really listen to us. We can go there. We can share our public comment. That's all well and good. But they don't really listen to us. Are members of the Joint Finance Committee listening to people in the public, and does that enter into their conversation as they debate this? When I was, I spent one term on the Finance Committee, and I went to all the, all four of the listening sessions that year, and listened to, you know, the nine hours of everyone. Um, but what I think is more important, or as important, so next week Monday. I'm holding listening sessions around my district now that the governor's budget is out. So I'm working with my my three assembly men and women, and uh, we have five listening sessions around the district. So that way I can hear what's important to people um, in my own district and see what's on their mind, and and I'm sure there'll be a lot of feedback. Uh, That's why we do it right now, because the governor's budget is out to get feedback on that. So what I heard in there, Eric, is... Is no... You have four of these sessions. They're nine hours long across yeah. the state, 36 hours, the equivalent of a day and a half. <laughs> a day and a half. Yeah, it's a long time. Right. It's a long time. So not that our representatives and our senators don't want us to have a voice, but his point was if you want to have an impact, talk with your people. So your state senator, your state representative, when they have these smaller sessions. And you know the other thing to, to note about that is they've got skin in the game there. They need your vote. So in terms of having an impact on the process, probably better to attend one of these smaller sessions and make an, make a connection with your with your local representation as opposed to and not saying you shouldn't go, but you're going to be in there with a lot of other folks. <laughs> it's a long and it's a long day. day. So there, a little little citizen tip for okay. you this morning. Boring. Five forty five. Brandon Snide has sports coming up next. To be able to breathe properly when you sleep is a profound change. To be able to sleep properly, 
is probably the most important thing you can do for your health, period. End of sentence. In order to sleep properly, you have to be able to breathe properly. If you can't breathe properly, you aren't going to sleep properly. It sounds sort of like simple, like I'm talking to a first grader, but I'm simply saying that most people don't recognize how profoundly impacted their sleep is by their breathing issues until we fix it. And so if we fix somebody's nose, we fix their sinuses, we make sure that their throat is staying open when they're sleeping at night, their body is for the first time ever breathing properly and therefore sleeping properly. And you kind of forget like, oh, this, this was such a big deal for me uh, before I got it fixed. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Quarterback watch in the NFL continues as ESPN has reported the New York Jets and Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers wrapped up their meetings late Tuesday evening as Adam Schefter, he was talking on SportsCenter, and he thinks there are only two likely scenarios for the four-time MVP heading into 2023. My sense is there are continue to be more and more signs about him leaving Green Bay. And I think in the end, my sense is that ultimately it will come down to whether he wants to play elsewhere, which would be really the New York Jets, or whether he wants to retire. To me, those are the two most logical options and the two most likely scenarios here. It was also reported no trade is imminent, but that Rodgers is open to the idea of playing in New York. Teams can start making trades and signing free agents one week from today as the NFL New League year begins on March 15th. Over to the hardwood where the NBA's best team was back in action last night as the Milwaukee Bucks were down in Orlando to take on the Magic. The Bucks were without all-stars in both Giannis and Drew Holiday, and, well, it turned out to be not a problem. It was knocked away by Ingles as he tried to get to Wagner, and now it's Carter going the other way. Mentioned he likes this shot, and he pulls up and sticks the transition three from the right wing. Dave Kane on the call right here on WTMJ. Carter would splash that three home, and he would score a total of 24 points on the night, while Brooke Lopez led the charge with 26. Overall, it was a great team win, as six players ended up scoring in double figures, and despite... Having the best record in the league, head coach Mike Budenholzer still sees some areas to improve on. We're looking just to, to you know, improve and get better. Um, we like the depth of the roster. We feel like we can go lots of different ways. So, um, you know, we just want to keep getting better, keep getting better defensively, um, really, really work to improve offensively and be playing our best ball going into the playoffs. Bucks are back in action on Thursday as they welcome in the Brooklyn Nets to the Pfizer Forum. Two college hoops where Wisconsin gets set to kick off their big-time tournament tonight against Ohio State beginning at 5.30. Earlier this week, ESPN bracketologist Joe Lenardi joined ESPN Madison to break down Wisconsin's path to the college basketball tournament. Well, if we assume that, you know, we're talking at large and they're <laughs> not winning the whole tournament, right, you have to, then we know they're going to lose the game, right? Right. Presumably against a really good tournament-level team. So I would say to move ahead, they need to win more of those games than they lose. So at least two wins and maybe three to be safe. Wisconsin is currently a 12 seed in the Big Ten tournament with a win tonight. Would look to face off with the number 5 seed, Iowa, on Thursday. This college basketball tournament update is presented by Outdoor Living Unlimited. Coming up, who goes to Mexico for cosmetic surgery? You'd be surprised. Siding Unlimited, WTMJ News Time, 549.
Stay in touch. You can reach us on the old National Bank Talk and Text Line at 855-616-1620. Old National Bank. Get old. In a recent study, over one-third of millionaires predicted their ability to feel financially secure in retirement is going to take a miracle. At Annex Wealth Management, we believe a plan, not a miracle, will help increase your retirement confidence. Our team of experts gets to work using leading-edge technology to build a comprehensive plan covering investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning. And Annex doesn't have products to push with hidden fees or commissions. There's too much of that already. More planning, less miracles. Build confidence with Annex Wealth Management. Annex Wealth Com. Deliciousness from scratch. That's the packing house. Service you can't match. That's the packing house. From stuffed fillet to ribs and fish. Classic cocktails if you wish. Your deliciousness from scratch. That's the packing house. Deliciousness from scratch. That's the packing house. That's the packing house. From stuffed fillet to ribs and fish, have a classic cocktail if you wish. Your deliciousness from scratch. That's the packing house. Deliciousness from scratch. That's the packing house. Facebook, Instagram, stay in touch. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Checking in on the roads here at 9 minutes before 6. What do you have, Deb? Well, it's a pretty good ride shaping up right now. Light enough volume that uh, we're not seeing any kind of delays. Um, and everything's looking pretty good. From the WTMJ Traffic Center, I'm Debbie Lazaga on News Radio WTMJ. WTMJ's five day forecast sponsored by Dave Drake Camp Heating, where your comfort is their family's tradition. Mostly cloudy today with a high of 40 degrees. And tomorrow's weather is quiet till we get to the evening. Mostly cloudy, perhaps a wintry mix moving in late in the afternoon and a high of 40. Thursday night is when the snow starts. Looks like all of us will get in on the snow action based on the current projections right now. Friday, we'll have snow continuing through the morning hours in a high of 35 degrees. For the weekend, partly sunny on Saturday, high 36. Some light snow possible on Sunday with a high of 37. Right now, we're at 32 degrees. So new information this morning on the four Americans who were kidnapped by Mexican drug lords just the other side of the border from Brownsville, Texas. We now know that two of them were killed. Two others survived and are back in the U.S. this morning. ABC's Andrew Dimberg. Two Americans who survived a kidnapping in Mexico are back in the U.S., arriving in a convoy of ambulances, military trucks with mounted machine guns and SUVs. Police say the survivors and two of their friends, all from South Carolina, were kidnapped in Matamoros, Mexico Friday, across the border from Brownsville, Texas, an area plagued by drug cartel violence. So why were they in Mexico? We learned from family members one of the people, at least one of the people in the group, was going to get a cosmetic surgery done. So why would you do that in Mexico? I had a good friend of mine, Dr. Tom Corcus of Alum Cosmetic Surgery and Med Spa, board-certified cosmetic surgeon, and he was on Wisconsin's Morning News with us and told us that people traveling abroad for procedures, that's not uncommon. Yeah, there, there's a lot of reasons people end up uh, journeying to Mexico, Puerto Rico, the Dominican for surgery, but a lot of it has to do with just the cost. 
Yeah, Dr. Tom Corcus, Saloon Cosmetic Surgery and Med Spa. The issue is, uh, you know, kidnapping in a dangerous part of Mexico aside, it's cheaper for a lot of these procedures, whether it be cosmetic or some sort of other medical procedure, because there aren't some of the same protections that we enjoy here in the U.S. Dr. Corcus telling us he has seen and heard of some pretty tragic outcomes. I could tell you a bunch of horror stories, people returning from these areas, um, and problems are going to arise. So when you get the surgery outside of the United States and you come back in, it's very difficult to get a board-certified plastic surgeon to pick up the care, particularly if there's a complication. Now, some folks did text us, Eric, when we were talking about this yesterday, with stories of very good outcomes for a couple people text on gastric bypass surgery. That apparently is something that obviously very expensive. Um, I think probably for most an elective surgery, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even though there are medical reasons that you want to do it. Um, but some folks are saying, no, I, I had a friend who went and did this and had a good outcome and saved a lot of money. I've heard cancer, too. People have gone and treated cancer differently down there and have had success. Right. Uh, well, and gone and sought that because whatever treatment was flat wasn't available right. in the U.S. Right. But you asked the interesting question. So who's doing these surgeries? Are these American doctors who've gone abroad or are these, you know, like what kind of surgeons are doing this? Uh, Dr. Cork is telling us it can kind of be hit or miss. Well, that's the thing. You don't know who's doing the work. Um, I will tell you that that some of these destinations um, have uh, very qualified surgeons, uh, particularly in South America. But otherwise, it's a crapshoot. I mean, they're just they're trolling off, trolling these patients off the Internet. Wow. So you, you don't know what you're getting. I'm going to tell you, I had a woman who went down to Mexico for gastric bypass surgery a few years back, and the reason she went is because it was much cheaper. And I will tell you, they put the incisions on her, they put her to sleep, put the incisions on her abdomen. Uh, she came back to the United States a week later, never lost an ounce of weight, went and saw the local gastric bypass pay, uh, doctors here in town. They worked her up, and they never did the surgery. Oh, can you imagine? Pretended to do the surgery, yeah. gave her the incisions, and that was it. So that can be one outcome. Again, even Dr. Corcus yeah. said he's also seen people who've saved a lot of money and had no yes. issues and whatsoever. Had success, yeah. But you, you just don't know necessarily what you're getting. And also to your question, Eric, I've known doctors who I don't want to quote anybody because it was kind of a it was a long time ago conversation. But just sitting with a group of docs and a, and a couple of them saying that they've had opportunities to go abroad and set up shop somewhere and. Uh, it would have been very lucrative for them mm-hmm. to do so. So to go to one of these spas or one of these places where yeah. they do that, and then, yeah, you're the doctor in residence here for a month or two months or whatever, and nobody nobody I talked with actually went through with it, but that's out there as well for American doctors to go be part of this. And if there's a way to do that and, and make some money and know that you're not as restricted, so to speak, I could see the I could see the appeal. So, again, uh, my buddy Tom Corcus, uh, Loom Cosmetic Surgery and Med Spa. And, again, this morning, two of those people kidnapped in Mexico. They are dead. Two survivors back in the U.S. and hopefully in line to make a recovery. 557 on Wisconsin's Morning News.